When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. We uh, had mentioned yesterday the uh, story uh, of the four Americans who have been kidnapped by cartel gunmen believed to be from the Gulf Cartel, which is uh, the cartel that controls the territory in the very southeastern part, uh, or if you go to southeastern Texas and cross the border there, it's the uh, on the Caribbean side of Mexico and, and adjoining Texas, that region. So I guess the northeastmost region of Mexico and the southeastmost region of Texas to put the geography in, in your mind as we talk about this. And uh, Tamaulipas, which is one of six states where there's currently a State Department do not go advisory. And it's pretty tough to get that advisory, meaning has to be really bad stuff going on. Very a very violent uh, situation in those states. Uh, of Mexico. Here's what we know right now. First of all, two of four Americans uh, that were kidnapped on Friday have been found uh, dead. Uh, two of them have been have been recovered alive. Uh, we know that they were traveling from South Carolina for uh, medical tourism. Uh, this is where people either go to do a cheaper or uh, a a different medical procedure from what they would. Uh, get in the United States. Sometimes people do this even to get prescription drugs. So they were crossing over for a uh, medical. And by the way, we have the video up at clayandbuck.com because this was in broad daylight, cartel gunmen in Matamoros kidnapping these four Americans. And as we know, two of them had were two of them were killed uh, in, in the midst of what seems to have been a cartel there was a cartel shootout, I think, Clay, is, is the, the, the cartel members shot other cartel members, and then they seized these four Americans. There are more details that are coming out, but here's here's what is very clear at this point. You have more and more members of, of Congress talking about treating the, the narco traffickers and the, the drug cartels in Mexico as a foreign terrorist organization and treating this as a primarily military instead of entirely law enforcement threat. Right now, it is entirely dealt with by law enforcement means. And Bill Barr, the former attorney general, wrote that op-ed in the Wall Street Journal about how we should treat the cartels like ISIS. Um, putting that putting that aside for a moment, we just said last week, this is going to get more violent and it's going to, we said it on this show, it's going to affect more Americans. I think, unfortunately, that is obviously um, going to be the case going forward. Here we are. We've already had two Americans uh, seized and killed. And Bill Barr, here he is. He was just on, I think it was Fox last night, 
saying that we need to treat the cartels the way we treated the Islamic State in uh, Iraq and Syria. Play three. I think we, we have to deal with this group like we dealt with ISIS. We have to use every tool. We have to use economic. We have to use uh, intelligence assets, military assets, and law enforcement. And we have to methodically dismantle these groups. And we have to tell the Mexicans they're either coming along with us for the ride uh, or step aside. We're going to do it by ourselves. But it's I'll tell you what's unacceptable, which seems to be, you know, the, the word that the Biden administration trots out when one of these outrages occurred. What's unacceptable is the status quo. And we have to deal with it directly. I think what do you make right. play? Yeah. I think he's right. Um, I, and I don't claim to be a sophisticated expert in how we deploy American resources to go after the cartels. But here is my basic analysis. Mexico can't do anything, right? They, they, they are effectively a narco state. Their government is co-opted. And you know how those government co-options work. They might do an occasional raid, but it's basically in concert with the cartels by and large. It's mostly for show. It has virtually no impact. So when I read uh, Barr's piece in the Wall Street Journal, it resonated with me. Trump ended ISIS, right? I mean, you tell me if I'm wrong, you would know better. But it doesn't seem like ISIS has the power, at least based on right now, to execute any sort of significant operation that could be detrimental to the United States. The, what, what Trump did was... It was brilliant, and he didn't get nearly enough credit for it. It was brilliant, but also somewhat obvious. Uh, but others had been unwilling to do it before him. And that was the people who are over there are military commanders on the ground and our special forces who have eyes on and know what's going on. Let them do their jobs. Go get them. Yeah. The, the order was go get them uh, for ISIS. And, and it was escalate the airstrikes and people on the ground, work with Kurdish allies, wrap up the bad guys. End of story. It worked. I think privately, Buck, on many levels, Mexico would welcome the United States taking on the cartels because then the Mexican government can basically throw up their hands and say, this is not us, this is the United States. I think it would have to be almost entirely a United States-based operation. I would imagine that we have the intelligence to know where many of these narco uh, facilities are operating that is where they are producing the fentanyl that's coming across our borders and killing tens of thousands of people i would think we also have the resources at this point to know where many high level narco traffickers that is the people who are running these entities are living where they dwell um and i think we have to do something that they basically own the border i and, and and i think this ties in directly with border security because the cartels are now running a bigger business, smuggling people across our border, taking them to the border and handing them off. They're bigger. I, the article I saw most recently estimated the size of that business at $13 billion for the cartel. Putting that in perspective, smuggling people and taking people illegally to our border is a bigger business now for the cartel than any pro sports league is. Smuggling to in Mexico for the cartels is bigger than the NFL. Like so, for so, everybody out there like in America. If that's not a holy crap moment, that doesn't even consider the drug aspect of this business. So it, the ISIS comparison is also interesting because uh you had with the Islamic State a criminal enterprise operating in a whole range of facets. Yeah, there's the terrorism, the 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 military aspect of it and and the threat of of their continued, remember that at one point we had to send Apache gunships within 60 miles of Baghdad to help turn back ISIS fighters. I mean, ISIS, the, the blitzkrieg they managed during the Obama administration was one of the biggest failures of the Obama administration, by the way, uh, among many. But the, there, there were numerous ways. I mean, they were, uh, involved in the oil, effectively the black market oil business. They were involved in protection rackets. They were involved in kidnapping for ransom. There are all these different schemes that ISIS was using to enrich itself. And when you're a criminal enterprise and you don't care, there's a lot of areas you can go. You see this with the mafia, right? Yeah, people think of the mafia as, well, depending on what era, right, you're running numbers and prostitution and originally prohibition, and then eventually it effectively just became another drug 
uh, drug distribution enterprise like so many others, but Russian mafia, different organized crime groups in America, they'll get involved in Medicare fraud. They'll get involved in. I had a friend who's a federal prosecutor, uh, sorry, a federal criminal defendant or yeah, criminal defendant, uh, defense attorney, defense attorney. That's what I'm looking for. Who told me about uh, one of his clients was involved in a organized crime based oil from like cooking oil from different fast food restaurants theft, which sounds like the most boring thing in the world. It was millions and millions of dollars of theft. Right. I bring this up because the car, the Mexican drug cartels, this didn't get a lot of attention. Just a few days ago, the Biden administration was sanctioning a timeshare fraud network run by the cartels. They're involved in timeshare fraud. They're involved in human trafficking. They're obviously doing billions of dollars a year in illegal drug sales that are poisoning tens of thousands of Americans, essentially 100,000 Americans dying each year now from this. But, Clay, the criminal tentacles of the cartel and the corruption, the payoffs, this goes so deep in Mexican society right now. The new president came in. What was it? Uh, hugs, hugs, not guns or hugs, not bullets. That was his approach, the official approach for the cartels. Let's be buddies with them. Let's not have things be that crazy. You have the uh, the Jalisco, you know, new generation cartel, which was involved in doing protection effectively for the Sinaloa cartels, broken off. It's become ultra violent. So they're a little bit like the Zetas, I think, with the Gulf cartel back in the day. Eventually, the guys who have all the guns and are the muscle go, we don't need you. We'll do this ourselves. But this notion we're going to this fight, I'm just I'm trying to. This is if we really take this on, it's much bigger than I think a lot of people realize. That's all. I, it's, I think it goes that's much true. Deeper. But what I would just say, and we can continue this conversation. Open phone lines eight hundred two eight two two eight eight two. What I would say is, if Mexico had a avowed terrorist organization that had killed a hundred Americans, right? Let's just say that it was some sort of Islamic terrorist group that somehow had a, a satellite in Mexico we would 100% go to war to end their ability to inflict harm on Americans if they had killed 100 Americans. The Mexican drug trade, the cartels are killing 100,000 Americans every year. Now, I think the biggest challenge, we go to break, people can think about this, is is it hydra-headed? So, like, basically the demand is so substantial for drugs in the United States that it's going to exist no matter what i think that's the question right we 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 thought that people talk about plan colombia and the the effectively stabilizing colombia in south america as a place where all of us there's the drug trade is is a fraction of a small a small piece of what it used to be and it's a relatively you know relatively stable country now relatively it really just moved to mexico though so to your point, yeah. we've never actually eradicated the drug trade Correct. anywhere in any meaningful way. We've just moved it. Maybe it will be better to move it out of Mexico, at least, so there's more cost structure associated with getting the fentanyl to our country. But this is a big, big, big issue that I think is only going to continue to get larger. Tax time, stressful enough, particularly close to the dreaded deadline, but stress can magnify it, especially If an identity thief steals your info, files a bogus return, pockets your refund, happens more often than you'd think, billions of dollars a year refunded to bogus tax filers who get a hold of your info. Classic example of what can happen when your identity is stolen in a data breach through malware deposited on your devices. Again, it's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting your life. That's why you need LifeLock by Norton. LifeLock will detect and alert you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like loans taken out in your name. Uh, If you do become a victim, however, of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Get it right now. It's worth it. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. That's C-L-A-Y. You can call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Head to lifelock.com. You can also use promo code CLAY for 25% off. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. 
Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees. That's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. BearCreekArsenal.com slash Buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. Welcome in, everybody. Tuesday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. We've got a lot to discuss today. We have the uh, update here on four americans kidnapped by the cartels tragically two were killed two have been recovered uh in this process we'll tell you about what happened down in uh, matamoros mexico the cartels they're saying a case of mistaken identity of who was targeted here but we'll have more details for you on that plus the terrorism over the weekend domestic terrorism i think that's what you have to call it when people are throwing flashbangs and and rocks and uh, and attacking law enforcement uh terrorism against that Georgia law enforcement training center not a lot of time spent on many of the networks about that uh Columbia University is ditching the SAT in its entirely and the ACT mentioned this yesterday wanted to get back to it cuz i think you're going to see a whole lot more of it and also this concept clay could have some fun with this one later in the program of Bare minimum Monday, you see this now? They've gone from quiet quitting 
to bare minimum Monday in some offices. This is a millennial or Gen Z thing. Uh, we can talk about how I think it is highly inadvisable to do this. <laughs> Certainly don't want to go around telling your boss, hey, it's bare minimum Monday. So uh, fortunately, we're Tuesday right now. So obviously, it's maximum Tuesday. So we shall discuss all of this. But we have to react right now to what we saw last night. Um, Tucker Carlson has the footage, thanks to Republican members of the House. He's got the footage of January 6th. There's thousands and thousands of hours of it. because obviously a lot of security cameras all over. And he's got all this stuff. He's going through it. He put some of it up last night. Here's where I am on this, Clay, my, my top line. Um, it doesn't change what you or I, I would assume, think about this situation, because it always seemed to me we knew there was some footage of people walking around, taking photos, taking selfies, talking to police, being escorted by police. There were clearly people who went inside the Capitol who had no real ill intent at all. And I think it's even arguable that the people that if you didn't if you didn't attack a cop or commit vandalism, destroy anything, and the cops were waving you through, is that is that trespassing even? Shouldn't be a crime. Shouldn't be a crime at all. Yes. And so there's that component of it. But the the broader point that I think comes across, you know, I wrote uh, an op ed, I don't know, maybe a year, 18 months ago now, where I said anybody who calls January 6th an insurrection is an idiot. And I know those are those. That's a harsh word, but. It's just ridiculous. And that is central to what the Democrats have been saying all along. This was, Clay, the worst day in our history since 9-11. As bad as, or even worse than, Pearl Harbor. This is what people have said. Members of Congress, pundits on the Pierre said it was the worst, biggest threat to the country since the Civil War. I mean, that's what she said as recently as two months ago. You see that footage last night. You see what Tucker showed of people walking around quietly, calmly, even respectfully. There are some people who, pay, something was knocked over, they pick it up uh, on the ground. And you also see that footage of Officer Sicknick, who clearly was not killed that day or by actions of protesters that day. And what's what's your sense of, I mean, how much more egregious can the insurrection lie be? I think, and we've got audio, which we'll play in a sec, but... To me, the, the the couple of things that stood out is the QAnon shaman got over four years, I believe, in prison. And when you watch the video, there was zero threat that he ever posed. Now, if you want to get him on trespassing, if you want to get him on some sort of minor misdemeanor violation, I understand. But this guy was just dressed in a way to draw attention and became a focal point of the investigation as a result. The Sicknick lie, the fact that they would use his death and argue for years, as Joe Biden does and as many Democrats still do, that on January 6th, police officers were murdered by these protesters that helps to foment their idea of this insurrection, it, it, it is indefensible. And I knew when we weren't getting all the full footage released, that there was likely going to be exculpatory evidence in terms of how dangerous this actually was. But what Tucker has already shown us, I think has upset the apple cart in a real way. And we've got a couple of cuts, Buck. Chuck Schumer has already taken to the Senate floor reacting to uh, what is being said and what is being shown. I want to make sure I get these right. Uh, here is a portion of Chuck Schumer decrying Tucker Carlson sharing footage from January 6th. And then when we come back, we'll talk about that for a sec. But then, Buck, he took it a step further. He actually called out Fox News and Rupert Murdoch and demanded that Fox News not air any more footage of January 6th that they have. But first... Here's Chuck Schumer on Tucker Carlson. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack 
which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. He tried to argue it was nothing more than a peaceful sightseeing tour. Can you imagine? A nonviolent demonstration, a perfectly fine and appropriate instance of people expressing their opinion. I, so many others who were here in the Capitol, and millions and millions of Americans are just furious with Tucker Carlson and Kevin McCarthy today. First of all, he's lying about what Tucker... I watched it, you watched it. He's lying. Tucker said and showed that he didn't just talk about... Showed the footage of people breaking windows... You know, getting getting a violent physical with the cops. Now, we say getting violent, of course, the violence that the protesters in that some of and it was a small minority of engaged in against Capitol Police that had been standing opera standing a standard rather operating procedure for Antifa and BLM protests for months the summer leading up to this. Push on the cops, throw rocks at them, you know, throw bottles of urine at them, blind them with lasers, all things that were done routinely, repeatedly. And Democrats said it was about social justice and a racial reckoning. So it, it happens on January 6th, and those people are ISIS. They're, they're, the, they're the scum of the earth. They're the worst people ever. This is what the Democrats tell you. But you also notice Chuck Schumer, he's lying to you. He's lying to all of us because he says... That he, it's, it was just a walk in the park or peaceful. No, he showed that there were some people who were getting, uh, physical and violent with the police. He just also showed all the other people walking around the Capitol calmly and even respectfully. And then this is about, is it an insurrection? This isn't, were there people that committed vandalism and was that illegal and a dumb thing to do? Yes. Were there a whole lot of other, and they should be prosecuted as we've said for a long time, regardless of what your politics are. You have a right to protest and seek redress from the yeah. government. As soon as you trespass, as soon as you commit an act of violence, you should be arrested, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, Independent, whatever you are. And that's basically what everybody has said that I've heard. Yeah, and the ones that really have have done so much harm to the system, I think, are the Democrats who demand a two-tiered system of justice. Meaning that, you know, when, when Democrats do things, when Biden voters do things, it's always, oh, we got to think of a, take a holistic approach to this. When anybody who was affiliated with Trump even crosses the line in the slightest, there are people who were sitting in solitary confinement for months for nonviolent crimes related to January 6th. How can that be justified? How can that be, how can we think we're a nation that is rooted in the rule of law? How many people did that happen to? Who were at, who were at BLM riots, and None. there were a lot of them, and they burned down buildings, and they looted stores, and they attacked police, and people were killed. Only person killed on J6, an unarmed female protester that it, can you imagine? Imagine there's a, one of those BLM riots, and I remember, I was shocked, and I'll be honest with you, I was angry that it took Trump as long as it did for him to speak out about the madness on the streets. I, I think that there was a little bit of a White House asleep at the wheel situation for about six weeks. In starting in June of 2020, but put that aside for a second. He got it, you know, he, he got into it and figured out once they started top, toppling all the statues and everything, the Trump that we know showed up. But Clay, imagine that, uh, that a, a police officer just pulled his gun out because there was a, there was a, a BLM riot going on at a store, at a building. A perfect example. Federal courthouse in Portland. They were throwing firebombs at it. Yeah. What if a cop who was trying to hold the line at that fence had just pulled out his gun or just shot a shot a hundred and twenty pound woman in the neck? Do you, do you think that that would have been... the rest of his life? That's right. Uh, and also, I, I want to play this cut too, Buck, because what what's happening here is basically you had a one sided prosecution, right? It's as if the prosecutor got access to all the evidence and could only share his side. And now the defense is getting an opportunity to say, well, let's provide further context for many of these videos that have played on constant loop. Even the Josh Hawley video where they tried to embarrass him by showing him, uh, as he was, you know, fleeing, uh, the Capitol. Well, there's a ton of other people. He was actually at the back of a group. We didn't see the earlier part of that video, right? I mean, that's clearly a, uh, edited video that's designed to sit, share a particular story. And you know it's having effect because Schumer, in his speech on the Senate floor, 
also demanded that Rupert Murdoch and Fox News not allow Tucker Carlson to show any more footage. Listen to this. To say January 6th was not violent is a lie, a lie pure and simple. I don't think I've ever seen a primetime cable news anchor manipulate his viewers the way Mr. Carlson did last night. I don't think I've ever seen an anchor treat the American people and American democracy with such disdain. And he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. You've admitted it's a lie. And Speaker McCarthy is every bit as culpable as Mr. Carlson. Speaker McCarthy's decision to share security footage with Fox looked like a mistake from the very beginning. But after last night, it looks like a disaster. So what I love about this is, first of all, Schumer is basically doing the promo for Tucker Carlson, as are we. I'm sure it's going to be a massively viewed show tonight, as it was last night, I would wager. Also, the fact, I bet Tucker will play, if I were betting, some of this Schumer audio and video, because it actually confirms much of the thesis under which he is sharing this this footage, Buck, which is... Democrats are terrified of you seeing this footage, which further contextualizes what happened on that day because it destroys the narrative, the one-sided prosecutorial narrative of the January 6th hearings where there was, again, remember, no defense attorney. This was a sham proceeding because there were, I mean, I know you can say Kensinger and Liz Cheney, but come on, they're jokes. There was no actual defense on that uh, on that committee. And so you had effectively, think about it as a show trial, one side presenting all the evidence that favors them, and the other side never got to speak. Well, now the defense is coming back and saying, okay, here's the further context, and I think it's making a lot of people who are paying attention to this start to recalibrate what they believe happened on Jan 6, which is why it's so terrifying to Democrats. Did you know Pure Talk saves the average family? over $900 a year when they switch from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. That's a lot of money for just switching from one cell phone company to another. But what's Pure Talk capable of? Well, it can help you save $900 a year and still get you that ultra-fast 5G service you're used to, plus better customer service. You get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month. And Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their service, they're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk. You'll be helped by their U.S.-based customer service team, a great group of very helpful people. Pure Talk is a veteran-owned company with customer service entirely based here in the U.S. They also have you covered with a money-back guarantee. Just buy, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say, Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Speaking truth and having fun. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. Welcome back in. Clay, Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We power through the Tuesday edition of the program. We are joined now by a guest who has done a ton over the past two years, almost more than anyone in the media, to shine a light on January 6th and how much of a sham portions of, substantial portions of the story surrounding January 6th have been. She is Julie Kelly, senior writer at American Greatness, author of January 6th, How Democrats Used the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. You've been writing about this for two years now. How much vindication, validation, and just sheer, finally, reaction did you have to seeing Tucker Carlson's report last night showing much of the footage from behind January 6th that has been covered up? Uh, Well, thank you so much for having me on. And I do have to say it was very gratifying as a reporter who, to your point, has been covering this issue for two years, but more importantly, since May of 2021, um, you know, 
revealing the existence of these tapes, the 14,000 hours, now it's 44,000, but demanding the release of this video. So that was very gratifying. But I have to say, I was more um, relieved and happy for the January 6th defendants and their families and their attorneys, um, because concealing all of this video, uh, not just from the American people, but from the people who are charged, who need this evidence as exculpatory um, to to defend themselves against this ruthless Department of Justice. Um, I hope that this is just one part of the progress in getting all of that video in the hands of the defendants and their attorneys. Julie, um, they, they're claiming that this was available. I'm sure you've seen some of this now, right? There's a lot of different... One of the challenges we have whenever the truth starts to come out is the other side rallies a whole bunch of different either, you know, counterattacks, explanations that rely on misdirection or just additional fabrication. I've seen some claims that, oh, the defense attorneys had access to this before, but is that... I mean, what is the accuracy of that? I also would wonder... How is a how is a public defender going to go through thousands and thousands of hours of video? Right. So the the media spin and the Democrats, and I'm sure you thought Chuck Schumer even go to the. Uh, yeah, we played audio of, of that Senate. in the first hour on the show, Julie. Uh, Chuck Schumer on the Senate floor ridiculing Tucker for sharing this footage. Right. So there is not a single defense attorney who will confirm what the media is saying. And that is that this entire platform, this trove of video has been made available. In fact, I just posted on Twitter from January of this year, two years later, uh, that the government admits it is still producing global discovery. So that means discovery that pertains to the entire case and the entire prosecution not just case-specific evidence. So what's happening is the DOJ are producing very uh, tight, brief, cherry-picked clips. They enter those that those clips in evidence, either for pretrial detention hearings or sentencing or at trial. Those clips are under protective orders. People, the defendants have to sign off on protective orders. So there's very tight rules as to how the defendants can view this evidence, especially if they're incarcerated under pretrial detention orders, um, and then how defense attorneys can use it. So, you know, this is a hide-and-seek game that the government's been playing for two years. House Democrats, though, have this entire trove, the 44,000 hours, which represents the entire 24-hour period of January 6th. They've had that for two years. They could have released this to whomever they wanted. But they have also been complicit in concealing, very likely, exculpatory evidence from defendants. This is a constitutional crisis. This violates so many um, constitutional rights. Um, And the judges on the D.C. District Court, I have to tell you, they're the real villains here. Because they've been watching this unfold. They've allowed it to happen. They have not protected the due process rights of these defendants. There are so many bad guys in this, but I have to point to especially the judges who've let this continue. Julie, you've talked about the fact that many people have just let these January 6th political prisoners be left to their own devices. Very few people are drawing attention to them. I don't know what the number is, but a lot of these guys, mostly men, were held in solitary confinement for months before their trial was going on. What do we know about who's still being held, basically, as a political prisoner? And how does the release of this footage change the pressure uh, that might be on these cases? So it's a little bit harder to tell now, uh, Buck, who is under pretrial detention, who's been sentenced, who's taken plea deals. The government just bragged DOJ this week that they have a thousand total defendants. More than half have accepted plea deals. Um, And so it's kind of hard to tell who's in pretrial who hasn't been. But I can safely say that over a 100 defendants at one point have been denied bail and kept some now approaching two years, if you can believe it. I mean, that's Um, insane. Wait, wait, so that means that there's you're telling us there are still people who are being held? Oh, yes. There are people there are um, members of the, the Proud Boys who face seditious conspiracy charges. Only one has a violent charge against him, breaking a window. The others have no violent charges, none. 
not assaulting police officers, not bringing a weapon, vandalism, nothing. They have been held behind bars for two years. One of them, more than two years. Their trial is going on right now in Washington, D.C. They were in jail almost two years before they even got jury selection. There is another man, William Cressman, who has been in the D.C. Gulag since January of 2021. He doesn't even have a trial date yet. So these are just a few examples of the, as I say, constitutional crisis, what's happening because there's a special set of rules, Clay and Buck, that the chief judge of the D.C. District Court outlined early on how judges and the government could determine who would be denied bail, who wouldn't. And it's strictly based on their involvement in this four-hour disturbance on January 6th. Um, They are political prisoners. I consider all of them political prisoners, even those who were found guilty at trial, outrageous sentences being handed down. I mean, months in prison for parading in the Capitol, a low-level Class B misdemeanor, this never happened before. Um, and so the well, idea- Can I ask, Julie, well, whatever happened to the right, I'm pretty sure we have one, to the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial. Whatever happened to that? That that this is not. No one thinks this is speedy. This wouldn't be speedy in the Soviet Union. Uh, it wouldn't. I mean, I think Putin is looking in in uh, with envy at what is happening in our nation's capital, judicial, and legal system. Um, and so, yes, the speedy trial clock keeps getting told. They keep exempting time from it because here's the trick: DOJ uses they supersede indict people, which means they add charges or they add defendants. So this forces the uh, defendants, the defense attorneys, to basically start from scratch um, because they wanted to delay a lot of these trials. They wanted, for example, the Oath Keepers trial to coincide with the midterm elections in the January 6th committee, which is exactly what happened. We haven't even talked about that uh, that conflict of interest. Um, but the, the judges are nothing more than a rubber stamp for this DOJ. They are the ones who are allowing this to happen. So the Speedy Trial Act means nothing. Presumption of innocence means nothing. Uh, Simply because they protested Joe Biden's election, uh, they are considered domestic terrorists. That's what this FBI has said. So, Julie, where do we go from here? So Tucker presumably is going to show more footage tonight. And what I said was uh, in the first hour Essentially, we had a show trial, right? The prosecution, that is the January 6th committee members, got to come out with no opposition and make their case on why January 6th was, as Karine Jean-Pierre and others in the administration have said it, including Joe Biden, the most dangerous threat to our democracy since the Civil War. I mean, that is legitimately what they've tried to argue. And now what Tucker is doing, in some sense, is providing the defense, right? The further context, hey, QAnon shaman was not actually the most dangerous human being on the planet January 6th. Uh, the Brian Sicknick was not pummeled to death by protesters. In fact, here's video of him continuing to move throughout the Capitol to prove that he didn't die on that day from attack from January 6th. Uh, 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 trespassers. Where do we go from here? Like, what is the next step in your mind now that we've effectively gotten at least some form of the counter narrative out there? So two things are going to happen. One, you already see defense attorneys filing emergency motions in court asking a judge to demand this extended um, trove of footage, the 44,000 hours. They want to see all of that to see what other exculpatory evidence there could be, like we saw in Jacob Chansley's case. The next step is if the judges won't step up, which they won't, I've watched this court for two years in horror, is for Congress then, House Republicans, who technically own that footage, even though it belongs to Capitol Police, they're part of the legislative branch, that's their boss, Kevin McCarthy, is then to make sure that this is accessible in some ways to the defense attorneys, that they can produce clips and that the government has withheld, uh, and then they can enter those to either, you know, drop cases, dismiss counts, release people from jail, uh, but certainly to be used in any sort of plea agreement or uh, jury trial. Julie, do you think it would make sense, uh, and, and I'm using this example just because I do think this is such a voluminous amount of data, in the WikiLinks trove, right, the idea was let's put everything out there and we'll allow individuals to go through it. 
in your mind, is there a benefit? Much of this 44,000 hours is basically empty rooms, right? Because it's 24 right. hours. Like, we're, I don't know how many total hours of, uh, you know, I would say relevant uh, data there is. But would it make sense to you for the House Republicans, once Tucker is through and has done his reports and has pulled stuff out, to just put all this available online so that the American public, regardless of their political persuasions, could have access and go watch? I absolutely do, and I hope that somewhere down the road that that is going to happen. But you already see Capitol Police pushing back today. You had the police chief come out and say that the clips were misrepresented, that police officers were not escorting Jacob Chansley. Like, we're supposed to not believe our own eyes. So this will be a huge battle to get the relevant segments, as you said, uploaded onto a platform. But we really need to get that done. And I will say for those who wanted that done immediately, you see why it was smart for Tucker to do this. If you flooded the zone with a bunch of random clips, very few people understand this issue as carefully as, say, I do or Tucker or a handful of journalists. You flood the zone, it has no impact. This is a surgical strike. by. This is honestly, sorry to cut you off, Julie, but that's one of the problems with the Twitter files, I think, has been the way that they've distributed them. They haven't gotten the pickup that I think they've deserved. Right. I think that that was sort of, um, you know, illustrative of how things can just get watered down. That's exactly what would have happened if this would have been made available, even to people like me. Surgical strike, huge impact. The panic in Washington and in the news media, and I have to believe that the Department of Justice uh, is is palpable. So this is why it was so smart to give this to Tucker. His team so professional. They know this issue. They know what to look for. And that's why, you know, what happened last night. And there's there's more to come tonight. Julie, I just wanted to ask, uh, I meant to ask you this earlier. The D.C. jury pool is obviously <laughs> ferociously hostile. <laughs> to anybody involved in or or you know accused of involvement in January 6th in any capacity even the people that were just kind of walking around with fanny packs on taking selfies but have the judges just effectively denied all requests for anyone who has actually gone to trial for a change of venue has that been their their MO it just seems it just seems like the most most basic fairness would would require them to move this out of DC because they can't get a fair jury trial Great question. The first trial was one year ago, March of 2022. Since that time, DOJ has about a 99% conviction rate in jury trials. Uh, Every single judge has denied numerous occasions on numerous motions, denied change of venue motions, even though they know how highly partisan the city is, how differently they take the events of January 6th than any other city. We have surveys that show that. There's data that shows Google searches related to January 6th that show, you know, this huge heat map in the nation's capital versus the rest of the country where no one really cared. Um, You know, I was just at the Proud Boys trial. You have um, at least seven jurors who admitted to participating in left-wing demonstrations, whether it was anti-gun, BLM, the Women's March, not a single one participated in a conservative demonstration, but yet the judges are convinced or they've convinced themselves or they're in on it because it's so rigged. They know they want these guilty verdicts, especially the judges who have kept men in pretrial detention. They want to be exonerated. So if you've kept defendants like the Proud Boys in jail for two years of pretrial detention on conspiracy charges, you want them convicted because it exonerates you for the torture you've inflicted on these men. So they have a solid investment in guilty verdicts. I'm telling you, it is the most twisted thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm not an attorney, but I never thought our system of justice would work uh, the way that it is in our nation's capital which should be the sterling example of how America's justice system should operate. And it is a banana republic. Julie, you are absolutely killing it. We appreciate all the work you're doing, and we'll continue to have you on to update us with the latest on this Jan 6 mess. Thanks for uh, helping to cover my work from the very beginning. You guys really appreciate it. No doubt at all. Julie Kelly, she has killed it. And as you well know, Life can be unpredictable. How many of you out there in California right now don't have power? How many of you up in Michigan? How about down in my home state of Tennessee? The weather's been crazy. 
Sometimes you think you got enough food, weather gets you knocked out. There are still people buried up in California. They can barely get out. Do you have food to be able to take care of your family? Because if you lose power, a large percentage of your food, you're not going to be able to eat. Well, if you got My Patriot Supply, you can give your family food security. I've got five different My Patriot Supply kits inside of our house. One for me, one for my wife, one for each of our kids. We're taking care of three months worth of emergency food kits that will last for years. You don't have to worry about it. You probably have home insurance, life insurance, health insurance. Why not have food insurance? And right now, if you go to MyPatriotSupply.com, you will get a $200 bonus gift coming free with each three-month emergency food kit you order. So everybody in the family is fully prepared. I've got five of them in my house. You should have one for each member of your family as well. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Free shipping to MyPatriotSupply.com. Do it for yourself and your family while you're thinking about it today. MyPatriotSupply.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Look, I'm a two-way guy. Second Amendment, all about it. I appreciate the sport of shooting. I appreciate marksmanship. I appreciate the right to bear arms and to defend oneself. I also respect the craftsmanship of a well-made firearm at a phenomenal price. My first career out of college put me in parts of the world where, you know what, I had to have a firearm to protect myself. Years later, I keep myself trained and in shape with my firearms. Going to the gun range with my brothers on the weekend, that's a regular event for us. It's a great time to come together, and it helps keep our skills sharp. So if you're a firearms enthusiast like me, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret. Bear Creek Arsenal. They offer a wide range of premium calibers at a fraction of what the competition does. How does Bear Creek Arsenal do it? There's no middleman fees. That's how. I own one of their AR-15s. It is an incredible firearm. They know what they're doing. Discover Bear Creek Arsenal. Go online to bearcreekarsenal.com slash buck. That's bearcreekarsenal.com slash B-U-C-K. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 10% off your first order. You're going to be amazed at the incredible quality of their firearms and the unbeatable price. BearCreekArsenal.com slash Buck. Use the name Buck to get that 10% off your first order. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe you can even have health lock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills to date health lock has helped its members save over 130 million dollars bottom line insurance alone isn't enough to save visit healthlock.com do it today before you see another health care provider that's healthlock.com 
Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We roll through the Tuesday edition of the program. We are joined now by our friend Carol Markowitz, who has a book that came out, comes out today, doesn't it? Um, Today. The book, yeah, Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation. Co-writer Bethany Mandel. Uh, I believe you are in Texas right now. If I remember correctly, your husband is a Dallas Cowboy fan. Is it just a reminder (laughs) of how much the Cowboys stink and are never going to win anything when you're in Texas? Um, Well, I like seeing the you know Cowboys paraphernalia everywhere. That's really a good time. And you know, I I I think they're going to win something next year. Actually, 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 I don't think they are. But in all seriousness, (laughs) congratulations on this book. We know you live in Florida. You've been coming on the show for a couple of years now with us. how happy are you? Because I always like to start with this. For people out there who have kids, uh, how much better is your family's life in Florida than it was in New York so far? So it's really immeasurable. I'm so much happier with every aspect of our family life in Florida. My kids go to schools where I don't have to worry as much about wokeism being you know, targeted to them. And I don't have to worry as much about them being indoctrinated. Having said all that, in our book, we really cover that just because you live in a red state or a red city or a red town in a red enclave and you think that you're safe, you're not. This is coming for all of our kids. This indoctrination is happening all over the country. And while I feel a lot more peace than I did living in deep, deep, deep blue Brooklyn, I still am on alert and I still know that I have to watch out for what my kids are getting in school, what they're getting at all different kinds of activities, even what they're getting at the pediatrician office hey carol it's buck so do you go through the various stages in the book i mean how how do you structure the indoctrination process so everybody understands because it seems like one thing we've just noticed from the media and and from people like libs of tiktok and uh chris rufo and the the actual information the video and and curricula that are being exposed is that they're they're going after kids in a younger and younger ages to try right. to get their their neurons and their circuits uh, pointing in a certain direction. Exactly. And why we wanted to write Stolen Youth was because we saw so many books about the targeting of college students and, you know, the targeting of, of, of employees at corporations, but nothing that described how early this was happening. So the way we structure it, we open with a history chapter on totalitarian societies of the past and the way that they targeted children for indoctrination and the way that they separated families. And they made sure to keep things secret from parents. And so we trace this leftism that has gripped our society and the way that it's gripped societies in the past and how it's implemented through force. And then we talk about COVID has a chapter in the book and about how that was the awakening of a lot of parents to to really what was going on. And then we focus on schools or institutions, licensing agencies, all the ways that all of these people are talking with one voice, one way to describe, one way to think about anything, one way to speak about anything. You know, you can't be not racist, right? You have to be anti-racist. And just saying, no, I'm not racist is nowhere near enough anymore. So it's very Soviet, the way that they demand this spectacle of all of us. And so many people are just willing to go along with it. But there's real danger to what they're doing. And there's real danger specifically to children over what they're doing. Carol, Buck and I were talking, and I'm sure you saw this controversy and have been following it, this whole drag show thing. And I don't know mm-hmm. whether you touch on it in the book or not, but when I watch yeah. these videos, what I am seeing is white moms overwhelmingly seem interested in taking their young daughters, maybe young sons as well, to these drag shows. And there's almost right. no men, by and large. Like, it's all, like, it feels like moms at brunch. Mm-hmm. What's going on here? Because as a dad, I sit back and say, and Buck and I talked about it, like, if I took one of my boys to, like, an actual strip show or, like, a right. pasty show with a with a legitimate <laughs> woman, it. like, dancing around in high heels and a thong and, like, pasties, uh-huh. one, my wife would probably kill me. Two, I really think that I might get prosecuted as a dad for bringing right. a child to an event like that. How has this gotten yeah. so mainstream, and what do you think the moms who overwhelmingly seem to be involved, it seems like white suburban moms, mm-hmm. what are they thinking here? 
Isn't it interesting that if you did that, um, you would get in trouble? And obviously, like, let's say you're the kind of crazy parent to do that. Would you take a video of it and put it on your social media and be like, look, Carol, if I took if I took one of my boys to a like, you know, like strip type show, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I really think that I would get charged with a crime and get arrested. Right. But I would also not even contemplate it because it's such a crazy thing to do as a parent. Yet it's become normalized. I just, I really don't understand it, what these women are thinking. So it's interesting because they use the LGBT, you know, plus plus thing as cover. Um, When you look at like the porn books that keep getting discovered in in school libraries, they're always on the LGBT theme. It's like, it's somehow they don't think that this is, um, you know, that this has the same kind of connotations as as straight performances. Of course, you would never allow a woman to grind up on your child. But for some reason, because it's a man dressed in drag, that should be okay. I think that so much of this is the conformist push from the left to be like, we are okay with this. If you're not okay with this, maybe you're not part of our we. And that kind of in-group thinking is really powerful. People really want to be part of the in-group. And so when you see these women taking their kids, they just want to belong. That's what I think. I think that they're saying that we do this now, we're okay with this, and if you're not, you're not in the in-group. So uh, we talk a lot about conformity and stolen youth. We talk a lot about the the way it's forced on people, that conformity. But some people conform easier than others, and some people want to belong so badly that they'll do this kind of thing to their children. Speaking to Carol Markowitz, co-author of Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation. And, of course, give our regards, uh, Carol, to Bethany Mandel, your your co-author, who's done a great job on this book. Um, The teachers' unions. Do, do you go after yeah. do you go after those commie evildoers as well? I'm just wondering, <laughs> like, do, like, does that because it, it feels like to me they're the they're the political muscle that gives cover to the most lunatic indoctrination measures that are happening in the schools. Absolutely. And so throughout COVID, the thing that I would say about the teachers unions is like they're not particularly strong. It's that the politicians are weak. So it, it's that they prey on these weak politicians who don't stand up for children and don't stand up for the right thing. And they force them to do the right, you know, what they want. And this isn't only Democrats, you know, like I, I think, um, Maryland, Maryland's governor was Republican and he really didn't stand up for kids at all. Uh, these people are, are, are forcing their way into our, kids' lives. And the fact that people are letting it happen, you can't really just hold the teachers' unions accountable, just them anymore. It has to be all the people who are giving them power, all the politicians who don't do the right thing, and all the like school administrators who continue to listen to these people. You can have your own opinion and say, no, I'm not doing this. And the one thing I want to really point out to people is that this leftism, this wokeism is deeply unpopular. They have to do it through force because there's no other way to do it. They have to do it through secrecy and they have to make sure that parents don't know what's really going on. You know, I like to say they don't run on a let's get porn in the school library, you know, platform because they know that parents won't like that. So they have to do it in secrecy. And the reason for our book, we wanted to write stolen youth that so that people will not have the excuse to be like, I didn't know. I didn't hear about this. I wasn't sure. You know, it's happening. You have to fight it. Carol, I think you nailed the answer about what these moms are thinking on uh, going to these transgender uh, shows, mm-hmm. this uh, this sort of craziness. One thing that I wonder, and I think this is something that we can all do a better job talking about. This concept of banned books, and Buck and I have been hammering it, but I think it'll make sense to you as a parent as well. When a movie is rated R, we don't say the movie is banned because it isn't. It's just not appropriate for all ages to consume. I think this is one of the things that Florida has to push back, you know, executives and everybody else, but also people in, in our world. It's actually totally normal to decide what is age appropriate for your child. And the way that banned is being defined it's as mm-hmm. if the book is being taken off the shelves and burned and torn away, which is actually what left-wingers want to do. Everybody right. I hear is just saying, hey, there is a time to learn about sexuality. It's just not when you're six, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. in the same way, and, and everybody understands it in the concept of movies because most six-year-olds don't go to R-rated movies, but we don't say they're banned from the R-rated movie. That's right. But that's really giving these people the benefit of the doubt that they're trying to be honest about it. And I I don't see a lot of evidence that they are. They know these books are inappropriate. They know what's being pulled out of the libraries in Florida is are deeply inappropriate. 
So when you have these arguments, it's always like, that's not really happening. And then you're like, here you know, are 10 examples of pornographic books in school libraries. It is actually happening. And they're like, well, that's a really small percentage of all the books, you know, of, of all the schools in, in Florida. And so obviously this is crazy. There's, there's no, the, the argument keeps shifting because they know they're in the wrong here. If they, and, and it goes for so many things. If they would just say, okay, no pornographic books in school libraries, and, and that would be it. We would just pull the pornographic books, and that's it. If they would just say a lot of these teenage girls who declare themselves trans are just going through a phase, and we shouldn't do anything about it, we shouldn't be giving them puberty blockers or anything like that, 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 that crisis would be mitigated. But they won't do that because the, the ideology comes first, and the ideology says that if conservatives want it, absolutely, we have to fight tooth and nail to keep it. And it's a really damaging way to treat children. And so in Stolen Youth, we go through all the different ways that this is happening throughout society. And it's not just in schools. It's it's everywhere. When you go to your pediatrician's office and you say that, like, you know, my kid is having some gender questions, the pediatrician has only one line that they're allowed to deliver to you. And that's to absolutely um, confirm that that child is probably trans and and that and to affirm their new identity. And that's a crazy way to behave. And no normal society should be accepting this. The book is Stolen Youth, How Radicals Are Erasing Innocence and Indoctrinating a Generation. Go Google it. Go pick up your copy of Stolen Youth by Carol Markowitz and Bethany Mandel. Carol, our friend and fantastic author. Thank you so much, Thanks for being with us. Great to talk to you. Thank you. There are so many very powerful and often ruthless advocates for what they term reproductive health, but not nearly as many voices out there that you're going to hear in the media for the life of an unborn child. But there is an organization working overtime to help unborn children come into this world. Preborn Network Clinics have rescued over 200,000 babies' lives. They've done this by offering women care and support when faced with the incredibly important decision of whether or not to see a pregnancy through. Preborn provides free ultrasounds, giving these women a chance to meet their unborn child. That moment is often so powerful, so important for them, and so many women choose life a majority of the time, in fact, after their visit to a preborn clinic because they have that connection, that godly connection between mother and child through an ultrasound experience. These ultrasounds are free for all of these women because of you, the pro-life community in this audience. You've made donations up to this point, tax-deductible ones, to help them pay and rescue babies. And there's more. I know many of you out there can either give for a second time or you can give for your first, and whatever you can spare can really help here. $28 for an ultrasound. That's all it costs for an ultrasound. Preborn has made it their mission to help women and unborn babies when they're most vulnerable giving them another option that the loud voices out there just don't want them to hear. Please, if you can, make a donation today. $28 will be a full ultrasound. If you can give more than that, fantastic. If you can give 500 if you can give 1000 it is tax deductible, and you're helping to save babies' lives. You can do this all on your phone. It's very easy. Just dial pound 250 and say baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or to donate online, that's what I've done. Go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24-7 subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.